Imogen and I had a bit of a chat on the trail when we were mandarin hunting. I have maybe only tomorrow, perhaps, to prove that I have value to them to keep because they can vote me out at any time. The only person I have a very firm alliance with is Elton. Yeah. Um, I can't, uh, and I, I mean, I, I wouldn't vote Elton out. Mine is with Nick. There's probably no stronger two other than you two than Elton and me. Um, if we wanted to, we could be a very strong yeah. four. Okay. It's a stuff to think about. Dave's given me a very good pitch. I can now see why he's a politician. I, he's a very, very good salesman. David, you're a master tactician. Australian Survivor Archives, the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the current day. After a fantastic, fantastic interview with Wayne Gardner last week, we are back to bring you another episode recap. We are up to episode six, the halfway point of the season. That is the only time we will ever utter those words on this show. In the future, this will be the quarterway point of most seasons, I think. But uh, this episode first aired on the 21st of September 2006, and we're at the merge. For the very first time in history, we get a merge buff in Australian Survivor, and uh, plenty to talk about in this episode. My name is Ben, uh, but you can call me Johnny No Mates. <laughs> Hey Ben, hey listeners, Matt Dyson here as always. And Ben, it's great to be back. We we've had a little time off, and uh, you know, it, it, it's just it's the business end. I, I think it's only perfect, and it's rather fitting that the fact we we get into merge this episode that we're, we're on the home stretch now, Ben, and we're gonna we're gonna tackle the rest of the season hard. We've got plenty more great interviews to come. We've got plenty of great episodes to talk about, and this episode, a merge episode, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, it's, it's a pretty decent episode. And, uh, I mean, as you just kind of said there about having a bit of time off, I think this is uh, quickly we'll just uh, sort of destroy the magic of podcasting and illusions and time frames. Obviously, people have heard a couple of episodes in a row and think, you haven't had time off, you're back. But uh, in terms of the order we've recorded these in, uh, this is actually the first episode we have recorded uh, based on our break. So hence why maybe in the last couple of weeks you didn't hear us sort of say like, hey, we're back. It's been, you know, a couple of months. But uh, yeah, we've had a bit of time off, a uh, bit of regrouping happening. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Excited to get back into these recaps and go over things. Because it's what is fascinating is that if, if you're watching this for the first time, if you're at home and you're listening and you've, you've never seen this and you're watching this for the first time, that's... You know, it's we haven't really been backwards in coming forwards in saying who the winner is of this season, and you've probably heard us allude to a kind of you know there's a twist and all this sort of stuff. But maybe that's something you've forgotten about. Maybe you've kind of uh, taken some months off with us and haven't caught up. So now all of a sudden you're watching this, going, 
Guy Leach gets voted out, huh? Like, this doesn't make sense. Um, and it is actually still kind of weird to watch this episode to see Guy Leach get voted out, isn't it? Knowing what will happen. But, um, yeah, plenty to unpack in this episode because this is one of those unique episodes where we're going to kind of eulogise a person but not really eulogise a person, particularly that this is the guy who wins this show. No pun intended there. Well, this is the beauty about this season, Ben. Everyone gets voted out. Yeah, this is it, it is true. Everyone in this season gets voted out. And that's why there'll always be debate about who the best player is of this season, who should have won. Um, you know, yes, we, we've said it, it. We're not a big fan of this twist. Obviously, when when everyone gets voted out in the season, it kind of, you know, it, it can harm the season a little bit. But uh, but yeah, look, Guy does end up getting voted out this season. But what I love about Guy is, is you know, he's taken this game so seriously and, and you can see him. We'll talk about it later on. Like he's not happy. Like he knows he's on the chopping block this entire episode and he's doing whatever he can to stay in. And that's what I love about it. Yes. It's a celebrity version of survivor, but when you got players like Guy Leach who are trying to do everything they can to stay in the game, you know, that's where it gives that, that sort of authenticity to this season that, Hey, these people want to be here and they want to win. Absolutely, and we've talked a little bit about Guy throughout this season, um, sort of, yeah, as you just said, how serious he took this and how how much he wanted to win um, and sort of, you know, we've alluded to a few times his interview with the Golden God, um, which is a great interview. If, you've, if nobody's ever heard of it, go back and listen to it. I believe that was the very first episode that uh, David Jeanette did on his podcast, um, and, and Guy goes into a lot of details about that, and, of course, I had the honour of speaking with him briefly over on the Hall of Fame at the end of uh, 2020 as well. And, of course, we will get him on the show to kind of elaborate into that. But what I really picked up on my conversation with Guy uh, is, yeah, that that passion that he had for this show, the passion and how much he wanted to win it. You know, he, he said that he was constantly courted to appear on Dancing with the Stars and Celebrity This and Celebrity That, and the only one he wanted to do was Survivor because he was such a fan of it and he took it so seriously. So, um, yeah, and you and I have sort of pointed out a few times this season about sort of the little subtle things that Guy does and kind of, you know, while he's arguably the hardest winner to ever rank in terms of the the winners of Australian Survivor and by default will probably always end up at the bottom of that just based on how he won and everything along those lines. If, you know, he had had a chance to play a full season playing the way he was and won it that way, we'd be talking about him very differently. So we'll obviously go through that a little bit more at the end of this episode and ultimately when he wins, but uh, he's, he's just a very interesting person, as you said too at the beginning, on a very interesting season to kind of go through. And I think that's why last episode was was such a big episode with with Wayne Gardner leaving. I mean, if Wayne Gardner would have stayed longer in this game, those two, I got no doubt, would have got to the end. Like that, that they both wanted to be there. They both wanted to play hard. Obviously, when when Guy lost his right hand man, Wayne Gardner, you know, this is obviously the the initial demise of Guy Leach, which we we see straight up, like moving in straight into this episode, Ben. Like, you know. Back on nine eleven, uh, back on night eleven, when they get back, like guy knows, you know, shit's got real. Like he knows now he's the number one target. You know, he's just lost his 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 mate. You know, his 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 main alliance in 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 Wayne Gardner, and he's looking around like he knows his times numbers, and he even says it. He, he basically knows that he's probably only got two more days left in his game. Which, again, we've said constantly in this season that you know. People always overlook this and, and season one and, you know, push it aside, wasn't real survivor and that sort of stuff. But 
again, I would argue what we get here back at camp is what is Survivor, what people like about Survivor. It's the aftermath. It's the, you blindsided me. Like, oh, I had no idea. Like, you know, and this is probably the the first instance we have in Australian Survivor where you kind of almost get this classic scene. Like, okay, you would argue uh, in in season one, um, you know, when Sophie goes, uh, that it's kind of, it's it's a bit different that way around when, when Katie's shocked. And obviously you get a bit more of a reaction that way. It's a bit of a different reaction. But this... This feels, and like I've said throughout this season as well, that this kind of is a bridging season between old school and new school Survivor. This is very new school Survivor. This is the the morning after, you know, guy like, you've hurt me, you've upset, and Nicole saying, you know, oh, Gab, of course, couldn't tell you. And then Gab basically mm. turning around and saying that, you know, I'm here to have fun, you know, I don't want to be around, you know, and the game's starting. So, again, this is very modern Survivor. This is what we modern Survivor fans like about this show. So, again, it's just kind of important to point that out. But you're right, like, when I mean, we talked about that in the episode recap, didn't we, about how big of a shift that was, you know, the, the between the two alliances. Gab's obviously, you know, really kind of uh, put a foot down with this, and she's going to be a very interesting one to kind of talk about now over the coming weeks about where she goes, because even in this episode, there's still, still a bit of a question about what Gab's going to do, isn't there? Well, it's interesting. She has a good confessional, actually, and she says that she feels that um, she doesn't feel she was being disloyal to, to Wayne or Guy because, you know, that the girls have shown her more loyalty. So that's an interesting one. She she never, we, I mean, we covered it so much. She wasn't getting along with Wayne. That was obvious. You yeah. know, we've spoken to Wayne about it. He didn't like her work ethic. Um, so that was pretty evident that, the, that those two just, just didn't mix in the game of Survivor, you know. So, um, and that obviously hurt Guy's game. And Guy knew it. We, we've covered off on this. Guy knew that that relationship was going to hurt him down the track, and it did because once he lost Wayne, he was the main target. But, uh, yeah, Gabby's Gabby's such an interesting one because she hasn't really wanted to play this game that much. You know, I think she probably came onto this show, okay, it's Survivor, but she probably, you know, wasn't there to really play Survivor. She was there, okay, to be on TV, um, get a bit more exposure. But then all of a sudden she found herself in this game thinking, hey, if I want to stay longer, I do need to actually play. Hmm. And, and that's where at this point, you know, she, she has, you know, being the swing vote um, or as I think I think Nicole later calls her the swinging voter. I like yeah. that. She, the swinging <laughs> vote. Have you, I've never heard that before, the swinging voter. But, uh, um, different context, different shows I'm watching there, Matt, but we won't get into that. Um, talk, hey, talk, talking about Nicole, early on in this episode, she comes running down with the tree mail like, Everyone else, if you have a look in camp, everyone looks like they're totally cooked. Like, honestly, yeah. like they, they just do not look in good shape. But Nicole's just running down. Like, she has got way too much energy for that time oh. in the morning. Can I just say, I don't know, she must have annoyed Amber at some stage because we yeah. all know Amber wasn't the morning person. <laughs> but uh, she's got way too much energy running down. I, I just thought it was funny because um, Imogen looked like she had the worst night's sleep. If you look closely in that, like mm. she looked like she probably got like less than an hour's sleep all night. And here Nicole is all happy and excited. But yeah, got a bit of tree mail there as well. Just before I get to that, I just wanted to say one thing. Um, it's interesting with Gabs. Like, I mean, we mentioned Amber. Um, you know, she obviously did the big swing blindside on, on Fiona before, but then she kind of was, you know, victim number two next episode. Whereas, again, Gab doesn't really kind of, you know, like what, what really interests me about this episode, and I just want to say this now before I forget, is that the guys have the numbers. Um, mm. And I, I guess you argue Justin, well, he wasn't with you know, the guys from the beginning. So, you know, is he really a guy? He wasn't a Kakula from beginning, so he's technically a Moso, original Moso. But, like, the way they kind of talk a lot in this episode about, you know, Guy or Elton or that being on the outs, like, 
to me, like, I'm sure they try to sway Justin a lot more than we ever get to see in this episode. But, I mean, if the guys had it just stuck together. Um, but, again, that also is a question is you make it a bit difficult because, yeah, obviously we see straight away when they're about to merge that uh, Justin and Gabs are very close and that's going to be a key little alliance that we'll get to. But, yeah, the merge, the mer- I always wonder with these and... Um, I'm going to be a dick to you here, Matt. I'd ask you how it is done, but you only lasted like a minute. But uh, like the, the, the mergers, like particularly in the old old versions of old seasons of Survivor, like you've got ten minutes, hurry up! Like I kind of want to believe that it's like just done for show. It's all right, cut, guys, hurry up, get in there. Like I mean, because it's kind of just the way it's done. Like they've got ten minutes, and as you said, like Imogen looks dead to the world. Like everyone is there, just like oh fuck everything. Like. I love Imogen Bailey. She is amazing. But I can't imagine that Imogen Bailey looking that dead tired is going to be like, oh, 10 minutes, let's go. Like, I think Imogen Bailey is going to be like, no, I am not doing this in 10 minutes. I need to do this. I need to do that. Like, come on. Well, absolutely. If you wake up and say, well, first I like to do a morning crap. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So I yep. ain't getting on any canoes until I do the morning crap. Yeah. Then I want to. Then I want to pack my bag. I mean, let's be honest. What are they going to do? If she just says no, give me. I need twenty-five minutes. Yeah. What's the punishment? And, 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 <laughs> what is the punishment for not and, taking and ten not, minutes? <laughs> and I'm not going to get on those canoes until I'm ready. What are they going to do? Oh, you're out of yeah. the show. No. Like, not. are these are these are these um, Vanuatan like boat people? Are they very busy? Like, are they just like, come on, tick 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 tick? We've got to carry our tribe leaders to work. Like, well, I told you, we've got ten minutes. We're we're going to sail off without you. I'm sure if they did that, that bloody they're just going to get a speedboat and yeah, I don't. <laughs> See the punishment here of wow. taking I mean, eleven minutes. <laughs> unless, unless they send in Ben Wynn to, to put him yeah. in a chokehold or something, or have, have a conversation with them, maybe bore him out. But I was going to say it would be talking to them. That, that's enough. But look, <laughs> honestly, mate, a lot of that stuff's empty threats. Because at the end, of, look, at the end of the day, the contestants hold all the power. Even in Survivor now, like yeah. in Survivor now, the contestants hold the power because if 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 you don't have the contestants, you don't have a show, and, and millions of dollars are going into these. This season, so you know, if someone wants to take an extra ten minutes, uh, they're going to take an extra ten minutes. Now, Ben, you know this is my favourite part. They don't waste any time, too. They get straight into the tree mail. I'm going to read yep. it. Not really much. It. it is a merged, obviously, episode, but the tree mail is Kakula is no more. Moso is no more. Outrigger canoes are on the way, and you have ten minutes to pack everything you can. You may only take what you will fit on the canoes. So. Really, not much in the way of tree mail. Basically, saying that their tribes are no more, and they got ten minutes to pack up. And then um, Gabby's excited because she didn't think she would last that long in the game. And I think probably a lot of us are pretty um, amazed yeah. right now because, like I said, she hasn't really done a lot in this game so far. Which, yeah, I mean, she's always going to be one of these ones coming into this season where she's an interesting one to talk about and. You know, I, I don't ever want to go back and listen to that dreaded Oz Network rank the Australian Survivor <laughs> contestants because I would be so embarrassed about how I would talk about certain people now. But, um, yeah, she she if you and I ever do that one day, which would be a fun little project to do, I think that it would um, – she's a very interesting one to read. Like, I, t- I talk about how Justin Melvey is going to be a very interesting one to kind of decode, but I think we're learning a lot more about Justin's game throughout it. But, yeah, Gab's just like – because the narrative of Gab really moving forward is going to be she's lazy but we need her and then – you know, she has this weird thing with Justin and this controversy that was going to come very soon. And it's just like, she's a, she's an odd cookie. So yeah. And she does hold the power so much here because the way they kind of imply this episode is that again, she still maybe hasn't made her mind up. So yeah. I'll, I'll say one thing though. She seems to get a, to get along really well with the females. And I think hmm. you, you maybe you might look at her and people's first impressions were like, Oh, you know, she might get along with other females and stuff like that. But she seems to, they seem to love her. 
Yeah, and I don't know whether that is, didn't we? Yeah, and I don't know whether that's just because they need a vote, you know, otherwise they're going to get voted out. But but she does seem likable. Wayne's the only one that's had a problem with her, and that's obviously because Wayne was all about work ethic. Like, and, and clearly she's not about work ethic, but it's a way to play the game, like playing the game where you're just sitting back, not pretending you're not really interested in just going with the flow. A lot of the time people forget about you and they'll target everyone else. Like they'll target Wayne Gardner. They'll target Guy Leach. They'll target Ambers, you know, like all these other players where she just sort of sliding on through. Yes, a few people annoyed at her, but she's got to merge. She, you know who she does actually remind me of? She reminds me of Cook Island's Poverty, where, like, oh, I mean, yeah. every, everybody remo- remembers Poverty as this amazing player, and, and I'm not saying Poverty isn't an amazing player, but Poverty wasn't the player that people remember her as until uh, Micronesia, till Heroes Villains, you know. If you go back and watch Cook Island's, Poverty doesn't really do that much, and she's one of these questionable ones that people kind of question, why was she back for Micronesia? It's hard to believe that now, because we, you know, Boston Rob was exactly the same for All-Stars. Mm. Like, people did question why Boston Rob was back. Uh, and again, it's hard to imagine that now, given the legendary status each of them holds. But yeah, like Cook Island's poverty, if you think about it, she flirted a bit with Nate. Um, and then she just kind of hung around for a bit. And what did she get, like fifth in Cook Islands or something like that? So yeah, I think she's very similar to, to poverty Cook Islands, Gabby. You know, it's, it's funny. I think that's where credits needs to go to the people, obviously, behind the scenes of you know production and all that, who, who, who picked these people to come back. Because I think... You know, in Australian survival, you look at someone like Tarzan, who what only lasted, I think, eleven days in his first season. But they obviously saw something in him and said, like, no, no, give this guy another chance. If you can make it, you know, a decent amount of time, he'll be a fan favourite. Of course, he was, and he, you know, almost made it to the end. So, you know, and same with Boston Rob and all that, and like you said, Parvey. So yeah, I think credit got to go to the people behind the scenes who are spotting these people, maybe on their first go, aren't either doing well or, or the big star of the season, but. They get them back and and they become, you know, one of these survivor players that everyone just, you know, they know their name as soon as it's said. I, like, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I was always an advocate when, um, yeah, Sierra Dawn Thomas came back for a second time. I remember a lot mm. of people like, why the hell is she back? And through the stories that I had heard about her sort of, you know, that you never got to see, like she was one of these ones who, who was great and she, we saw a great second time around for her but um i think matt you're just obviously selling that too so that clearly people listening to this right now hello channel 10 matt dyson he's ready to go his bags are probably there you know just second chances he's he's ready out there you know just i'm uh, always ready ben always yeah. ready is your bag like literally always at the door so that if channel 10 like call you up like fuck we've run out of personal alternate to get in the plane okay bye hanan see ya enjoy the twins yeah, that's right. I think if I said I was going away and leaving the twins, my bag, she would pack my bags for me probably. But, uh. <laughs> take, take the twins along with you. Uh, well, quick question for you before we sort of get to this merger reaction because I, re- I really like sort of particularly what we can get from uh, David Oldfield here. But um, the three versions of a merge that I think are pretty prominent in Survivor. There, there are other ones, but, um, you know, these are the ones I'm going to point out. What, what's your favourite? Do you like the... Season one, whalers way, let's all bring you together and bring some Lay's chips and just have a nice little gentle conversation and a shower and kind of just Lincoln's chewing the fat with you. Do you like a surprise one where you've got the boat showing up to one tribe and all of a sudden they're just coming together? Or do you like the come on in, guys, drop your buffs, it's merge, let's have a merge feast? Like what, what's your preference? I've got to admit, I'm, I'm old school. I think I like, you know, whalers way in the season one. You know, I think I, I like where the tribes come in, they, you know, they do a bit of a, whether it be a feast, I know, I know they didn't really have a feast then, what they have eaten the latest chips, but the, the shower, I thought that was a great idea, giving them the shower, 
all you know all together and I thought that was that was brilliant um so yeah for me I think that's what I like to see I'm not the drop your buffs can can we be honest I mean we've seen that so many times the old drop your buffs you know it was probably good the first 20 times but um yeah it's you know half the time we, we know it we know the merge is coming anyway or yeah so I, I kind of like that I like that this is a genuine merge when, when it's time to merge and then you know give them a shower give them a, a feed and um and see what happens. Yeah. The one, the only thing I like about modern survival with the merge is kind of the unknown. When's it going to happen? Like, uh, and the US does it better. I don't. Again, Australian survivor, you fucking never know what it's going to happen because it's like let's have fifty eight thousand tribe swaps. There's exile island and beach and you know this that and everything else. It's confusing. Whereas the the old the version the problem with the old school is that yeah like they got to a point where they knew what was going to happen on this certain day and that the one I really like which they will never do again but like do you remember Borneo when they had the summit wasn't it like Jenna and Sean sat down on the table and kind of had That's a date right. and then basically they had to discuss whose beach was better what That's I, like right. like I mean very old school you're never going to get away with that again but I used to like the summit the come together and have a chat and then we'll work out where we're going to go so. Um, that's personally my favorite, but, um, I actually don't mind this. I don't mind the, the other tribe is coming to our beach sort of thing. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I've got, I've got no problem with this. I actually really like it. Like I'm not definitely not, don't have a problem with the way they did this. I thought you were a fan of when they do the merge, but then they bring back Shawnee and Zach back (laughs) uh, and then, and then just for after they spent one night in, on on exile and then, and then give them a buff and say, you're now in the team. Don't even make them pick the buff. They just give them Give him I, I like when we get to Channel Ten. Ben's going to be complaining a lot about these pointless twists. Um, Can I but, just say that's uh, a, yeah. that's that's the one thing I, I have to admit. That's the one thing that annoys me. That that's probably my number one thing. What that to me, I felt robbed after watching that season. I'm like, what what was the point of the episode before? Anyway, we're getting I'm get, getting off. Could track, have been worse. Could have been Dead Man Walking, Matt. Let's bring that up again. Um, but uh, <laughs> hey, I talk, talk one thing I love here: David's reaction. Oh God, to yes. the canoes. They kind of say. Of course, David's cooking breakfast. Is this guy, yeah. this guy, is he like, does he just cook in 24? So has he got like a cook? Is he doing Survivor and then also doing like a reality cooking show at the same time? Well, he, just- he went on to be that, uh, what was that one he was on? The hill, uh, the, he was on some cooking show eventually. Like when, yeah. I think How he's been he- on about five different celebrity yeah. shows, but he's definitely been on a cooking show. Yeah, that's, he, they need to get him back and make it six reality shows. But yeah, I did love this. He, he's there cooking. David, of course, sees a canoes coming in. Um, he's uh, yeah, he's annoyed that they're, they're interrupting the breakfast. Uh, that's I don't know. I'm assuming that's David's pet hate when he's trying to cook up a feast and someone just interrupts it. I love just Justin's brilliant here. His confessional where he's like, "Ooh, I, I knew it was time," and he's like, "That's this little ha ha ha." It's, it's so good. It's like he, it's almost like it's like doing a movie and they've given him the script, but he does it. He goes, oh, I, knew, "I knew there was a merge." Uh, has begun or something he's like a new merge has begun or something like that but it, um just the way he does these confessionals and the way he sort of it, they get it out of him so, so brilliant yeah i i agree and i i wish it's um we'll have to put the video of this up uh on our maybe we already have during the week but um i just i just love the way they kind of they cut to david's face the way he's kind of just looking up and he's kind of like, you know, like that to me almost feels like a natural reaction. Like that's kind of like they've deliberately got the cameras focused because, you know, you, you would have a moment where all of a sudden, you know, you're looking like it feels quite natural. But um, yeah, I love the whole conversation 
when they're like basically like you know oh we'll we'll kill guy we'll eat nikki <laughs> uh you know eat the women or whatever it is and what do they say about gabby like oh she's very exotic flavor um i like <laughs> i like the way that they're like shocked that wayne's gone uh, so that's kind of a, a cool little moment. Um, I, I love how they say we'll keep the women, and Justin actually says, "Oh, let's eat the women." Yeah, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then this Elton who actually re- Elton realizes, "Oh shit, Wayne's actually gone." Yeah, and he's like, Which, "Ah," yeah. and, 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 and guy straight away on the beach, he's like, "Like fuck, mate, I'm fucked." Like, <laughs> and then El- Elton's just away. Elton's just like, "Oh, curveball, curveball." Yeah. That's all he can. And then, Elton's like, "Oh yeah, look at this beach. It's good shit. I can smash over here." Um, but then Dave, but then David's like mm, curveball in our direction though. Like yeah. David's always, th- he's always thinking, you know, he, yeah. he's always like, oh, okay, is, is this going to work in our favor? Cause you know, he loves, I think he loves a curveball. Like he, he doesn't want to play this game just easily, but, uh, and then, uh, Oh, yeah, Elton's. He's, I think Elton's confused about what's actually going on yeah, here. Yeah, Elton does have a clue. Elton's. Yeah, we know he's been hitting the head a few times. <laughs> but, but this is where David's. He's like, well, it doesn't look like we're going to roast Wayne, but we'll still kill Guy. He still wants yeah. to kill Guy. Yes, we'll eat Nikki, and he goes, and uh, we'll keep Imogen and Gabby, and then and then that's when just yeah, it was Justin. He's like, oh, he thinks that the, she has a bit of um international flavor. The Gabby, I think he, yeah, he's wanting the to, exotic flavor or whatever. It is. Exotic flavor. That's which. It, yeah. Which uh, the interesting thing here is because this is the first time we ever kind of get an inkling that Justin and Gabby know each other because they turn around and say like, "Oh, we're on Dancing with the Stars." I mean, okay, like we sort of got that with Kim Johnson, but I think is this just Channel Seven going? We expect you all watch our shows, so you all know that these people know mm. each other. Like, um, which I mean, okay, maybe they do, and fair enough, they would want to expect that people watch their shows. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I think we've talked about this. I've never watched Dancing with Stars in my life, um, so. Yeah, uh, good for them knowing each other. But, like, it's, it's kind of important that all of a sudden you're going to see these two because it's a bit of a talking point this season. We, we sort of alluded this to certain guests and that in the past, and it is definitely one of my uh, big questions that if we do get Justin or Gab on the show, like, I'm like, like, like come on, what happened? Like, you got to – it's been 15 years now. Spill, like, what sort of deal was made? Like, there had to be something. Because, again, this is one criticism I definitely have of this season is that – it does get mentioned, but it gets very much glossed over. Like I feel you never get any explanation about what they're trying to say with it. Mm. So, oh, um, hopefully, I mean that's what we're here yeah. for, Ben. We're trying to get trying to get well, to the bottom of well, all exactly. this. Well, we, exactly. We, we we've discovered the um the the turd. Uh, so <laughs> kind of we've we've cleared that up. I just quickly I've looked up here the first season of Australian Dancing with the Stars, which we uh, know that Justin Melvin got third on with Kim Johnson. Uh, Gabrielle Richards was actually the second eliminated, sadly for for Gabby. She uh, went out. Uh, James Tompkins, you remember that name? One of the awesome foursome uh, Olympic ah. row. He was first out. Also on that season. Katrina Warren, do you remember Dr. Harry's practice? I do, uh, I do. She was the sort of the sidekick to him. Uh, big Matt fan, Shervington. Big fan. Uh, I think now he's no more known as a TV host, or he's like a commentator. I think on Foxtel, but of course, Olympic sprinter ran in Sydney the hundred meters. Um, good in the, good in his tights. Very very big man uh, in in many ways. Uh, John Wood, Mister Never Won a Gold Logie until he finally did, and Pauline Hanson was a runner up on that season to Beck Cartwright. Sorry, Beck Hewitt. Um, do you, does that do mean reckon- we have to play some Beck Cartwright at the end of this episode, Matt? She had a couple of songs. Was they two thousand and six? Do you reckon they just give gold logies out to these people that have been in the show business? I mean, it's happened. It happened with Ray Ma. 
John Wood, these ones that are like they've just been in the show business so long and they've never got the Logie. And then there's a bit of people sort of, you know, get behind them and next second they they win the Logie. You are, you, are you trying to say that you and I are due for one soon? Like, no, I, I've, I'm been, just saying, I've been around the media landscape now for nearly 20 years, so I'm about due for a gold Logie, yeah, I think. I just know, of course, Ray Maher, who plays Elf Stewart. You know, I mean, he's been on that show, what, 40 years? Oh, and then, he you know, he, he won it. Though. Come I, on. And that's, but that's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah. he probably deserved well, it. But do you think sometimes if you've been in it long enough, it's kind of Matt, like, okay... The, the, the thing is, like, don't get me wrong, I love the Logies. I'm a bit of a Logie fanboy. But when it comes to utter prestige, the Lo- like the gold Logie is a popularity contest because it's literally for the most popular personality on Australian television. I mean, we've seen what's happened the last few years when, um, uh, what's his face, uh, Tom Gleeson won it after yeah, basically yeah. winning it for, um, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Grant Denyer. So, yeah. I mean, kind of, and a lot of people have criticised that. Um, so, look, I mean, Hamish Blake won it one year. I mean, he'd been on TV for like a minute. He was a radio guy. So, Matt, you <laughs> technically could have been nominated for a Gold Logie Well, you my, were on one episode. My, my so. show won a Gold Logie, but... Uh, well, Matt, Matt is a... Matt is a, a, a Maybe you're not. kind of a Logie winner. Uh, <laughs> what's, your, what's, what's your mate's name, the guy that came back and had the two episodes and they got rid of him? What did that... Um, I've gone blank. I have a mate. No, I, I the comedian. Know. He loves Survivor and we always... He, he oh, came Rove, back Rove. Rove. Did he oh, win? God, how have I forgotten Rove already? Oh, Matt, you make me sad that I forgot Rove. Oh. He, he won a Logie, didn't he, probably? He won about three in a row, Matt. Thank yeah, you very that's much. right. Three gold in a row. Deserved yeah, every can, single one of them. I can so. tell you, right, he's never winning one again. Hey, <laughs> in better news, Kakula turn up to Moso's Beach. So that's right. They, they, Kakula are actually going to Moso's Beach on this merge. Which, again, I, I almost kind of like it when they go to a new beach because it's kind of I like, agree. again, starting yeah. again. I agree. You know, that. I, but, I um, actually thought, I, to be honest, I actually thought they did go to a new beach. It wasn't until this rewatch when I was taking notes that I was like, oh, they actually turned up at Moso Beach. So for some reason I thought, I mean, I should have known because obviously they come in with canoes and they're waiting for them. But for some reason I actually thought they did go to a different beach and you're right you've got to have that third beach i know obviously location and you've got to find another location it's all adds cost to production and all that but yeah i mean i just i do wish all survivors you always that merge new beach now the question i'm going to ask you which might take us a little bit more to work out than i'm realizing here is who's who's meeting here for the first time in terms of who hasn't been on a tribe together oh, so well, guy gabby were and uh, Guy and Gabby were only purely Kakula. Well, David well, and Nick, David and Nick wouldn't have met, uh, wouldn't have been played together before, had they? Because no, no, you're right. Because all the yeah. guys basically, well, they, none of those three guys would have been with any girls except for Gabby. So they, yeah, so, had so, so yeah, 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 so Guy, Guy and Elton and and Dave, yeah, that's right. So it's only it's only obviously Gabby that's um. So was that, and, well, that, that's pretty easy then, isn't it? So that's really only Elton. And David have not met Imogen and Gabby. Everyone else has been on a tribe with each other at some point. Yeah, they would have been because obviously God, Gabby yeah, so was God. on Moso. Yeah, uh, so Kula and yeah. Justin was on Moso. Yeah, that's so, of course. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, okay, well, that was easy. <laughs> Here you go. Um, quicker to work out than possible. I mean, I, I don't know. I always kind of like noting that, like. Back when Survivor used to be a little bit easier to like, I, I, you know, when I was fully invested in all the time and you kind of, if you had a swap or you had a merge, you would be like, okay, who hasn't like seen each other work? And that's kind of, again, a, a problem I have a lot with modern Survivor, particularly when you say you got this stupid edge of extinction that like you will have people in the jury that have never associated with any of the final three. And like, mm, like well, how yeah, do you right. to vote for them? Like you're, you're doing it purely on perception of what you're seeing at Tribal. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah. 
Go ahead. So with guy with guy coming over, he's he had played with everyone at that stage, hadn't he? Yes, what we're he saying? would have. Yeah, yeah. So guy would have been guy would have been with everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. So would have Gabs, and so Gab- would have Justin. Justin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. well, that's not true. Justin and Gabby oh. hadn't played with each other. Of course, they're meeting yeah. for the first time on the beach. We see that. I like. Who is it? I've got it written down here as a note. Uh, somebody says the politics have just started. Is that David saying that? Oh, uh, what what are they saying? Uh, somebody says politics have started. Wayne is gone. I'm assuming that that is a David quote. Well, you uh, you would imagine. Yeah, I, don't, but- I don't think it was Elton. Elton's actually the one that says the very exotic flavour comment at the end. Right. That he throws okay. In. So, um, yeah, I don't think. I don't think it would be Elton. So, yeah, you'd imagine it would be uh, David. comes up actually with a couple of good ones um, throughout this. Oh, David's the MVP of this episode. I'm calling uh, it right now. Yeah. Not just because he wins immunity. Uh, but Nicole's a close second. Nicole actually has some strong moments uh, in this episode. But he, he, yeah. he didn't win immunity. He was given immunity. Hey, don't take that away from our man David Oldfield. He's a, <laughs> what is he, a two, three-time individual immunity? The record still stands. But, um, I mean, we'll get to that immunity challenge. It's going to be an interesting one to talk about. But I like sort of, yeah, the conversations that we've got going here, like, Gabby sort of explaining to David here kind of what uh, went along with it there. Um, Guy, uh, sort of his chat going on with uh, with Elton as well. Uh, we get the line just before the uh, the reward challenge of it's on for young and old. Uh, that's a Gabby line, isn't it, I believe? Or is it a good no, it's a Guy line, I believe. Uh, yeah. Guy says that. Um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, again, going back to my point about how people sort of say, oh, this season is not Survivor, blah, blah, blah. Very classic Survivor scenes here. You got strategy going on right here before, and this isn't even a, re- uh, a the Tribal Council. This is a reward challenge. So straight away they're hitting their strides, aren't they? And basically, you know, trying to work things out. So yeah, a lot of strategy in this episode. Again, people who may be listening to these and haven't watched these in a long time, like find a copy of it, watch it because there's a lot more strategy in this season than we ever got in season one. Uh, and again, going back to my point that I've said a few times now, that this is a very much a bridging season between the old and the new seasons because you've got all of this strategy coming along, which is something which people complain that uh, season one doesn't have, which we kind of pinpointed that it did have strategy, but not to this extent, I guess. With this this discussion between David and Guy, there's one line I absolutely love in it. He says... Um, David's David's talking to a guy and he goes, oh, I suppose Wayne only had himself to blame. He goes, you never want to get the chicks offside. He says, they never forgive you. It just builds and builds. And it's so true. <laughs> you never want to get them offside, Ben. I tell yeah. you, it's... Yep. Yeah, yep. You know, when, when you're playing Survivor, the girls often stick together. And yeah, I think that was his downfall. He, you, you don't want to get them offside and... I just thought that was a classic line. He just put it in there. Oh, they never forgive you. Sound, sound like you're speaking from experience there, Matthew Dyson. Um, how'd, how'd that go for you? Had the girls like you on Survivor? Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. I, how, many, how many more episodes are we away till we get to yours? About 87 um, episodes, I think. Yeah, the first two probably, yeah. Season. Oh, That is going to be our longest episode right now. I swear that episode is going to go for about five hours, and that's not even going to be the interview. Um, <laughs> so, I have to interview you, Matt. A week after that, I have to somehow me interview you. It's going to yeah, be, you know... So- it's got to be fun. Wait we'll, make it, we'll make it a quick one. Quick, nice 20-minute oh, yeah. interview. <laughs> like, uh, ben, don't want to talk about this. Refuse to answer it. <laughs> nah, nah. But uh, no, I do like this little chat there between David and Guy because, uh, yeah, David's talking about there's a lot of options that none that are really that fabulous for them, you know, and and, and, and Guy's straight onto it. He's telling David, you need to go and chat to Gabby. So yeah. Guy's, Guy knows. He knows he's on the chopping box. So he's trying to put people in motion here to try to help his course. He's like, well, David, you go chat to Gabby, you know, you go do this, you go do that. 
Um, and that's what I love about Guy in this episode. He's not just laying down. Like he knows. He it's pretty obvious that now that Gabby's sort of turned on the guys, that guy, I mean, the guy's a bloody iron, you know, an athlete, he's an iron man. So he's got to be the number one threat. He knows that. So Matt, um yeah. Sorry to interrupt, mate, but hang on a minute, back up. Is he a man or is he a machine? He's an <laughs> iron man. Come on, say the line properly. We're about to get it. Like that's come right. on. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was waiting for that to bring it up, but uh, you got You got You got You got to do that. But you know, you're right. And like, I, I'm with you. I was about to say that. Like, I mean, guy basically says at the very beginning of the episode, like, it's two more days until I go home. Um, but I mean, he he fights tooth and nail basically. Which yeah, the thing I sort of question with it, sort of going back to my point about why the guys don't try and stick together. It's like it's so heavily implied that it's it's Guy or Elton, and then kind of yeah. loosely implied it might be David. But we'll get to that obviously a little bit after. But um. David's never really a target, which is, again, very interesting. And we'll get to our man, Mr. Oldfield, about well, how he's so good at being able to kind of survive. Because, like, again, slimy well, politician from think, one nation. You'd think he'd kind of be a target, but no. Well, Nick Nick, Nick does talk about wanting to get David out. So Nicole's definitely... Yeah, Nicole's, there's a little bit of conversation, yeah, just but it kind of gets bit, shot down. Yeah, He does, it does, because Nicole sort of does comment about, oh, I think maybe if, if Guy wins immunity, that... Uh, we should go after David and Imogen. She she's actually the one that shuts it down. She's like, no, 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 like you know, we'll we'll, um, we'll go Elton instead. So I, I think Nicole Nicole's the only one that at this stage is worried about about David, obviously because she knows he's a game player. But um, which, yeah, which of course he is. So she's she's not silly there. She yeah, and that's what we always said that um, Nicole is a great survivor player because she knows she she knows that he mightn't be the physical threat that those bigger boys are, but. As far as the game goes, he can hurt you in the long run. Which is very fascinating. And we've got so much to talk about David still for this season when it gets heated up, and even in this episode still. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to get to the bottom with Imogen and David when we get them on the show about how close they became maybe at this point or whatever. Because, yeah, like, I mean, the Hall of Fame interview I had with, with Imogen last year, she mentioned something about having a, a letter or an email from David that he basically sent her afterwards that she still probably got. And, like, obviously I think David was very hurt about, you know, sort of him getting betrayed by Imogen and Nicole. So I'm guessing there's some sort of close relationship that David yeah. and Imogen have formed at some point. That I don't think we ever really get to see them first of all meeting and this sort of stuff. So I think there's a little bit more to maybe their friendship or something like that. But uh, reward challenge, but we didn't get a tree mail, did we? So I don't get. No, to, I read the uh, tr- I read the tree mail. The tr- oh, not, no, the, sorry, for not, a reward challenge. No, 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 the tree mail was just for the the merge. Now, Ben, they hand out the new the new bus. We got a new history making moment in Australian Survivor. Matthew Dyson, oh, the first fuck. time we get a merge buff. Come on now, don't undersell this moment. Finally, some <laughs> bastard decided to actually get a merge buff this time. I mean, but uh, is it hot pink? Like you and no, I right okay, now no. are wearing. We're we're it's, wearing these great custom made ones that uh, Cable got done, which are red. Like these aren't pink, are they? Oh, my color uh, Is this chartreuse no, no. again? They're watermelon pink. Come oh, on, Ben. Sorry, Watermel- Dicko actually says he goes. I guess you call it watermelon pink. Now I had a look about it. I think obviously, like you said, Cable, we 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 you know organized to get these custom made ones up there they're sort of more of a um what they would be i guess if we did a modern day celebrity survivor with mm-hmm. the celebrity survivor logo that you know it's got a bit more zing to it you know the tribal patterns and all that but i have to admit you know they're red looking back now they're definitely watermelon pink so yeah i think maybe that was a little something we could have looked at putting a bit of watermelon pink. I, I don't think we wanted the i don't think we wanted the whole buff watermelon pink but maybe oh come on somewhere. matt why not like we got the white sort of gray aurora which they would never use in survival because of how the dirty that would get i i for one like and i look 
bugger, I am blaming cable. Come on, cable, you should have done your research here, mate. This wasn't good yeah, enough, you know. Yeah, you're going to get you should fired have, from this. But, you should um, have cable. Episode I'm, six, di- episode six, Dicko tells you the colour code, watermelon gladly pink. Gladly watermelon. And Gab, Gabby says, no, hot pink. So you, That's cable, where I was getting the hot Cable, pink you could have either done hot pink or watermelon pink. Have we, have, okay, have we had watermelon pink since in Survivor We've history? had, um, I'm going to hold this custom-made one. Let's just not, it's real, shut up. I never got this made. Uh, the, the contenders, remember we got a pink contenders so that's kind yeah. of something watermelon that's pink, probably the cl- that, that would be the closest yeah yeah so um outside of that no uh but so like that, i mean that, that it's a unique color like i think that we're never going to have this again so no. you know um i think kind of that's where you can look at it but um uh, possibly calling our dicko thug life moment there's not much dicko thug life in this episode but the does one he play I'm the thinking, conch well does that's what i was going to go for yeah, yeah that's does, that's, that's does, does he, he play it? it or is that does he play it or is it edited over? I want to believe it's played for real, but it's probably magic. Probably um, edited. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but um, yeah, again, lacking a lot of special dicko here. Uh, maybe the is he a man or is he a machine and a bit of David Oldfield later. But I don't know. There's something about dicko with a conch going that I feel ben, needs a thug life. Ben, do you know what the conch represents or symbolizes in Vanuatu? Uh, yes, it's a signifier of a coming together, right, Matt? Is that correct? It is. It, it is. It's a basically a welcome, and, and especially when two tribes come together. they. So I think, does Dicko always just fly, does he just always in Vanuatu just blowing <laughs> the conch when two tribes? D- Dicko's always blowing some sort of conch. Come on. Like, I mean, he's doing this 15 years later, mate. Like, he's just, like, sitting around. He was on that, uh, the holy moly, wasn't he? He's probably just blowing a conch, you know. If he, get, if he gets <laughs> back on Idol when that comes back, he's blowing a conch. Like, If we ever get Dicko on, if we ever get Dicko on, which, of course, we, we really hope Don't say do. if, Matt, when we get Dicko when, on. When, okay, when. Yeah. I hope he comes on and we get him still in the pirate suit. Oh, <laughs> we should say to him. Like, like you have to wear the pirate suit, and you got to bring a conch. Like it's, yes. it's that simple. But um, was it Borneo that had a conch that lasted all of like three or four episodes? Jeff Probst used to get a conch, and then it or did it last the whole season? I know it wasn't. Oh, I swear it disappeared. It came and went quick. It came and went quick. But um, a few things in Survivor came went quick. In that you know when they used to ring the first season, they ring the bell. At, they oh. get the yeah. Get the bell and they walk in. That didn't last. What is it about hey. first season of Survivor and having bells as something signal? Yeah, we had the true, immunity true. bell and all that sort of stuff. Now, so. I think it is going to be the thug life moment, that conch, because I've got it written down here. Is this the thug life moment? So Yeah, well, there you go. We both, we do it. I do two things I like. I, I want to say that sort of Dicko's little, uh, I don't know what you call them, um, puns or something like that. In the opening uh, credits talking about what happened last week, he said, Wayne's world fell apart ha 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 Wayne's world and here he was like Wayne was told to get on his bike so um is he coming up with these himself or is is Aiden Mason feeding it to him I I and I'm this is not a dig against JLP but I'm telling you now Dicko came up with these himself JLP gets fed stuff I'm sorry he was sitting on he was told by somebody to do that Bradbury line at some point like they were told him, like you know, Bradbury skated through again. Like great JLP line, but come on, he's he's that's been sitting there. That's a that's an easy one going to you. But um, this challenge, Matt, favorite well, challenge of the episode. I like it, it, this challenge. It is, but before we get into it, they're playing for a re- reward prize. And what do you reckon of the prize? It's taken to a village. They're greeted by. They're going to be greeted by forty dancers. I love and- it. And this it, is yeah. you they'll and be I. The, they'll be the honorary guests, and they'll yeah. um, have a massive tribal feast where they'll eat and drink as much as they want. Now, I love this. This is what. Okay, this is what I love about Survivor. This is what I love about this season. There's multiple 
um, reward challenge here, and for, especially from now on in until the end, where they go out into these tribal villages and they and, and they get to experience obviously some of Vanuatu. This is what Survivor's about. So this is what I love. This I love this where they you know we get to see three people go to this village and and yes, obviously it's a, it's all a bit of a mock up for the for the show, but that's no different to, you know, when tourists go there and they go into the, you know, a village and it's organised for a, a bit of a, a thing like this. Don't take that any, you know, that's not to be taken away. This is still a great, this is something they'll remember forever. Like getting the opportunity to go into a village, have this feast. Um, this is what, this is what Survivor is about. And, and I really hope with the new Australian Survivor being in, you know, Cloncurry, I just hope they get to do something like this, you know, whether they, I mean, I've never been to Concurry, so I, I, I don't really know a lot about that area, but there's got to be stuff that you could, that, you know, that people would obviously go to Concurry to see all the surrounding areas. Like this is what Survivor's about. This is what people and the viewers want to see. They want to see, oh, wow, like I'd like to do that one day. So this is what I love about this season. We're going to see obviously a bit more of it before the season's over. So yeah, it's a great, great re- reward challenge. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think you've famously told the story uh, before about how, um, you know, you've gone to places based on love of survival. Africa, I think, didn't you do the mm. reward, similar thing that they did with one of those reward challenges? Yeah, and yeah like I did that. the, like, the Lex and Tom hot air yeah. balloon right across yeah. the Masamara so, at Governor's Camp, yeah. Yeah, and, like, this is, I'm with you, and I think this is, Old school survivor can never lose this charm, and new school survivor just just doesn't do this at all, and it's such a shame. It's this cultural thing. I mean, this is obviously a lot. You could do this a lot easier when you were going to a new country every single season, you know, new location. So of course you can embrace the culture, but um, yeah, I love it. I love it. A, a challenge, a reward where you can experience the culture you know and even as a viewer like i mean i've not been to vanuatu sure i can watch it on national geographic channel or read about it in a book look it on the internet of course i can but i mean you know i might not be interested in vanuatu until all of a sudden i watch survivor and go wow that looks pretty fucking epic like i want to experience that so it's just it's just a unique little piece of it and yeah i'm with you like it'd be nice if they did that on the upcoming australian survivor you know kind of get a bit of you know indigenous culture or sort of some you know live in land i mean they did that you know, pretty decently on, on Australian Outback back in season two. I think you and I talked a little bit about how they didn't really do that on Whaler's Way, which was a bit disappointing. But, um, yeah, like embrace the culture. Uh, this is the, the first time you've got a, an Australian Survivor season overseas. Um, and we've we've never, I don't think from memory, we've really ever had a cultural experience in either Samoa or Fiji on Australian Survivor in Channel 10's era. So, Well, well this is... I mean, if they don't do something like this in Cloncurry on this new season, it, I mean, it's it's for the tourism of Australia. It's 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 going to be a something badly missed because people will, see, especially now with, with COVID and lockdowns, people are going to be eager to travel again once um you know once the borders open up and 100%. And, and you know Australian survivors bigger you know especially in America a lot of lot of survivor fans you know love watching the Australian version and and. Uh, you know, if they see this stuff in Cloncurry and they think, wow, like that, that, you know, I want to go to Queensland. I want to go visit these places. You know, if people do it. You know, it's definitely a big tourism thing. And not to mention, I think it just makes the season more watchable when when you're not just watching people searching for an idol or sitting around camp, you know, um, crapping on about stuff. You know, like you want to – it takes you out of the show for that 10 minutes, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, you get to experience along with them. So, yeah. no, nah, big, big credit to David Mason here and and the whole crew that they, they – obviously put this in it's it's obviously a big trait of the old school survivor and yeah that's something that i've really enjoyed especially this episode 
And it's not the only one we get. We get a couple of other epic we ones do. this season too. Some bigger so, ones. Um, I have the bigger ones, yeah. Absolutely. And I think, like, the one thing too that I'm glad they do this on a celebrity season, they could have easily just gone like, ah, oh, these are celebrities, like, you know, mm. they're going to see this or whatever. Like, I like the fact that they don't hold back and still give mm. these people a, a cultural experience like this. I mm. think it's kind of cool. And I think that... um. I'm pretty sure in one of the closing words at one of these points, somebody talks about how like some of these experiences were like that they will live with them for the rest of their lives. And I think it might've been Imogen or something like that says that at one point. So yeah, there's certain little things that, uh, you know, it's great that even sort of, they could have just, they could have had every reward, like go to a resort, go to a resort. You're a celebrity. Like this is what you're expecting, you know? So it's kind of, it's nice, but, um, yeah, go ahead, Matt, before I get, no, into I was just going to say, basically, yeah, this challenge, it, it, I mean, it was no one else had a chance, I don't think, other than Guy Leach. Or, oh. and, and Dicko officially is he's calling Dicko, uh, Dicko's calling Guy Leachy throughout the whole challenge. So, yeah, as we know, it's just Leachy now. But, um, did anyone else have a chance of winning? I mean, you, you might no. want to explain explain it what they actually do, but I mean, it was always going to be Guy that wins this. Ab- absolutely, hands down. Now, one thing I should quickly point out, Dicko, a special note to the uh, the the polo that he's wearing. It's sort of like a navy <laughs> blue number with a bit of red trim, and he's got the sunnies going. So Dicko looking very cash, like he's just rocked out of the resort, hey, put on something. And- he has the army army camo pants later on. Yeah, you know, Dicko's, yeah. Dicko's pulling off the grey with the, uh, the 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 gel in it, like very 2006, you know, looking good there. Um, yeah, no, this challenge is epic. I and I don't think Guy, yeah, no one else but Guy is going to win this. So essentially, um, it's a it's an elimination challenge, so they have to swim out. There's five shells at the bottom. They love the shells this episode. Uh, so seven players have got to swim down, dive, grab a shell, hold it up. First five go through to the next round. The next round then with five players left, you've got three shells, two people eliminated. And then the last uh, leg of the challenge is basically a big heavy trunk filled with sand and you've got to basically drag it up to the beach. But yeah, no, Guy Leach completely uh, dominates this from start to finish. Um, Imogen, uh, doesn't she talk about how she's not very fond of water or something along those lines? But um, yeah, the the first five to go through are Guy, Justin, Elton, David and Nicole. Uh, you get uh, Dicko also referring to David as Oldfield as well. So he's really yeah. Jeff Probsting it in this episode with the last <laughs> names. Uh, so Imogen and Gabby get to sit on the naughty plank, um, which I do like that little line. Um, then next up, into the final, Guy, Justin and David again. Bit of a surprise. Like, David's Mr. Physical here. Like he's, David he's, comes second. He come, I was going to say that. He came second in this whole challenge. So yeah. Justin came third. So I think that, I mean, I don't know, Justin, maybe not a great swimmer, but um, I'm surprised Elton, he, he got yeah, knocked well, out Mr. early. Mr. Wallaby. Like, I mean, I if you're going to say any physical challenge, you're going to think that a, a, you know, internationally capped rugby player, World Cup playing, uh, you know, Wallaby, he's going to beat a but, scrawny little politician from One Nation. But but I think that's why I'm saying, like, Guy was always going to win this because if David's coming second in his challenge, and David's obviously, a, he's a very fit guy, yeah. but if he's coming second in his challenge guy against Guy, like, Guy was always, he was never going to lose his challenge. I'm going to say this is going to be controversial, but... Bear with me. I think they should have swapped the challenges around in this episode. If the producers, if David Mason had a, any sort of inkling and, and maybe if you didn't have the twist that maybe this is something you do, like you want to keep someone like Guy around to fight because Guy's good television, Guy's entertaining, Guy's, you know, a bit of an eye candy as well. Like Guy's a good character to keep. So you would make this the immunity challenge to kind of guarantee Guy's got immunity, you know, like it's kind of like how, you know, South Pacific, oh, look, there's just swimming challenge after swimming challenge. Oh, Aussie might last longer here. Like... I mean, 
make the I'll have some criticisms the first time this season I'll have some criticisms about a challenge is when we get to the immunity challenge and it's not a bad challenge it's just it's the execution they did it badly so have that as your reward challenge and then have this as your immunity challenge to keep guy around and make it a little bit more interesting I, I couldn't agree with you anymore Ben you, you're spot on like you honestly out of everything you've ever said that is the most true thing ever like absolutely it should have been swapped around it, it makes more sense too that you know, okay, it's a great reward challenge. So it, as we know in, in the immunity challenge in this episode, it, you, you, you get given, you, you do, you get, you get given the the immunity, you know, by people. I mean, obviously we'll talk about it more when that comes up, but you're given the immunity challenge. You don't win it where this, you know, this is actually just a standard, you know, a challenge where you, you've got to fight to, to win it. So absolutely. And the fact that they knew that guy was on the chopping block, you want to keep guy around if that was now, like you would swap them around, you wouldn't even think about it. You'd just, you'd just do it, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, because you know, well, guys get definitely going to win, you know, unless yeah. he pulls a pulls a hammy or cramps in the water, he's going to win, you know. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And I think it made more sense for the for the other challenge to be the reward challenge because it's say, like, all right, well, who do you want to reward? Who do you want to go get a feast in in, in the village? You know, it makes more sense than who do you want to have immunity? But uh, yeah, no, it's- I agree, Ben. It's well, thank you, Matt. I'm glad we finally took, you know, uh, what is that like 48 episodes to get here, but hey, like better late than never. Um, but yeah, it's there's no, yeah, like I can't imagine that any of these people, as soon as they saw this challenge, were like, oh, fuck, oh, great, great, well, guys winning this one, but um, I do like, uh, isn't it like right at the end when it's uh, basically Nicole was the last one to get a shell and there's the three girls left? And what does Dicko say? Like, come on, mermaids, do your stuff or whatever he says. <laughs> um, also, yeah, we get the great line, the guy leech, is he a man or is he a machine? He's an iron man. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> I feel like you need to have some sort of, um, what's that? Uh, we talk about it all the time over the Oz Network. It's, is it from the Karate Kid, that song? Like, he's the best, the best, nothing's going to get me down. <laughs> like, that song, like, I kind of need a montage, like, Guy Leach doing that. Like, he's a man, he's an iron man. He's the best, he's the best, nothing's going to get me down. Like, I feel like you just need, like, just, I, I, I actually. watch the Karate Kid again now. Oh, that song. But um, I just. Like, I remember, I think we've talked about this before, and if we haven't, well, here we are. I remember as a kid, like, it was on the Saturday, Sundays, watching the Nutri-Grain Iron Mans. Like, I remember kind of always watching those when they used to be on TV as a kid, and, you know, just the way they kind of, um, you know, promoted these people, and, like, Tassie would always have people, and would always suck, but, like, like I remember Guy Leach from watching those and things like that, so... Um, I feel like you need to have some sort of advertising campaign for neutral grain around that. Just, you know, like we, we talked about like Amber and all that getting like, what was it? Neutrogena hairstyle, Hmm. whatever the hell it was. Like where's Guy Leach's advertising campaign? You're the best, the best. Is that our closing song or are we sticking with Beck Cartwright? Have we worked that out yet? (laughs) I had, I had another one in mind. I was thinking, yeah. You're going to save that for the end, are you going to not spoil it? Well, yeah, we'll run it by you. We'll see. We'll we'll maybe have a, we'll have a debate about it. I looked up Beck Cartwright, 2002 or 2003. It's not quite from the same era, but uh, anyway. But yeah, one thing also I love, and this, this is what pisses me off about Modern Survivor about how I sound like Jerry Seinfeld there, didn't I? This really pisses me off. What is the deal with modern survivor? Um, like this to me is what a reward challenge should be to add extra spice to survivor, make them choose who goes with you on a reward. It's strategic. It brings extra elements to the table and it spices it up. If you just have two teams of four or two teams of three, like nothing from that 
adds anything. You've just got yeah. whoever you've got on the random yeah. draw. Oh, this, I mean, guy right now, who does he take with him? He takes Elton and Gabs. And straight away, everyone's like, oh, clearly that's strategic. Like, you know, very smart cookie, our guy, Leech. Whoever says that. Um, and, like... Even guys like saying like you know yeah like this is this is what I need to do like this is I don't I don't understand how in any producer's mind that they just literally don't see this as something that should be a staple of Survivor because it spices things up. Oh, absolutely! I just wish Dicko first said, "Oh, you get to take one," and then oh, he yeah, picks yeah. one, <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh, you know what? There's room for one more. Pick another one," because that way you kind of get to see who the first choice was. Yeah, you know when when he when when he's told straight away we'll take two. You just yeah he just picks two and obviously yeah I, I like when they do that. I'll take one and then they bring one over and like oh you know what there's room for one more. Pick another one. I agree. I, I, I yeah. prefer that. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you with that one there too. But um, yeah, I mean we we get this this epic sort of feast that we get to see and um, you know was it 40 dancers they're greeted by and they're kind of coming out with them. It, it reminds me of the, literally the opening of Vanuatu, that famous line was it um, Leanne says like they came with us at, with spears and like that was the name <laughs> of the episode title. Um, and just the reactions of the people, and I love kind of them sitting around eating chicken and octopus and fucking Elton. Like, I'd say Elton doesn't really do much, but Elton's at Elton's best here. He's, oh, yeah, we had chicken dish and freshly caught snapper and some octopus. Like, fucking Elton's wet for food. He doesn't have his steak, but, um, you know, all I just want him there is to be like, fucking beef, where's my fucking beef? Um, and he's breaking shit. He's breaking oh, he's, shit, he's man. he's literally breaking shit. Like, everyone's breaking shit again. Like, Elton's just absolutely on board here. But um, it's kind of nice to just see these guys interact. Like, you kind of got a nice little moment there with, like, um, what Gab's like with the kid. And I think even Elton and da- um, Guy are sort of both there kind of, you know, sharing stuff with the kids there. It's kind of like a nice little moment. And then, yeah, we've got the fucking bow and arrows here. <laughs> <laughs> I like when he breaks it and then, and then he's like, oh, the, um, the the chief tells him, oh, very, very strong man to break the bow. And Elton gives a bit of a flex. Yep, he does a bit yep. of a muscle flex. I love just It's just <laughs> so very, just even the way, like, we, we went over and we posted that clip on our social media months ago when we did the episode. But when Elton's getting popped on the head with a coconut, he's like, ooh! Like, you know, <laughs> but even here, he, like, snaps and turns straight to Guy and they're both like, ooh! This, this poor Vanuatu chief probably going like, oh, that's my favourite bow! <laughs> And I, just, and yeah, I, like, I like when Guy offers to wash the dis- dishes to help. Yeah, yeah, we wash dishes. And it was like, you're a very strong man. Elton gives him a cuddle. Like, oh, Elton <laughs> gives the chief a cuddle. Like, how can you not like Elton? Like, Elton's just, you know, we talk about who, how do you talk about these people. And, El- like, on the grand scheme of things, Elton's Elton. Like, he doesn't really bring a whole lot to the table in terms of strategy and gameplay. But, like, just these little moments. Like, I, I think I called him in the very first episode. Like, Elton's the Sylvan of this season yeah. like he's just oh, yeah. entertainment he just drops and things and just even like when he kind of turns to the chief and he's all like oh yeah yeah, yeah mate look you snap his poor bow and oh god <laughs> so good but uh, what an experience this is just would be oh, so much fun absolutely and, and i love this the staple of survivor when when you see this first big challenge like this where there's a big feast they always inflict back to camp and then the other the other contestants that didn't get to go on they're all they're all miserable they're trying to they're trying to do renovations to the to the camp because obviously you got, this is the most that's ever been on a on a on a beach at the one yeah, time because obviously there's only twelve people, so six. Yeah, so this so now all of a sudden they've got to create more space because they never had to worry about having seven people in a in a hut there before. So they're they're trying to do renovations, but David at his best once again. Obviously he he takes Emerson off for a chat. This is where they're talking about well, you know, Dave, 
he's such a smart player. Like he knows obviously that um, Nicole and Imogen, they're a tight two. So he's like, hey, well, you guys are the tightest two out here. Me and Elton, we're the next two tight two, but we're the second tightest two out here. How about we make a four and go to the end? And it gets Imogen thinking. And it's a look, honestly, it's a if if I get that far in a game and I'm in a tight two, you know, and, and another tight two, so hey, let's team up. You're gonna of course you're gonna think about it and say this might be our best option because we've seen it plenty of times before. We have seen it plenty of times before in Survivor and it works. It's it's funny actually that I mentioned what ten minutes ago that we didn't really do we ever get to see an image and David scene getting to know each other. It's in this episode, mm. Ben. But like I, I feel like there's more to it. That's my point. Like, yeah, as in, well, like, yeah. you know, that's kind of what I say. But um it goes back to my point, uh, David the MVP of this episode and we're really starting to get David Oldfield at his absolute best. Um, you know, yeah, like this is genius to go. Like he straight away points out like, yeah, you and Nick are strong too. Well, Elton and I are strong too. Let's make a four. And boom, you've got seven people, four, seven, done. There, there's your, there's kind of your odds there. Spoiler alert, ultimately, it's not really going to play out that way because David, I guess, kind of mainly turns this into a three. Um, mm. which again is on David, but like David's still planting the seeds here. David's still like going through this. And like, again, if we don't have this twist and our final three is the final three, it should be. Um, I mean, just, uh, we could have had a, such an epic final three of this season. Mm. Like, oh God, I can't wait to get to that episode to just talk about the what ifs of how this season could have been remembered if that's the uh, final three. Because I would I like vote, it. if we if we voted the greatest final threes in Australian Survivor history, I would almost go out on a limb and say the final three of this, if it had been David Image and Nicole, would probably be the greatest final three in Australian, in yeah. Australian well, Survivor it, history. Like, name another final three for me, Matt, that's better than this. No, I agree. It'd be, it'd be definitely a solid a solid final three. But Imogen has a great confessional here too. She says, you know, David's a very good salesman. And she says, you know, yeah. obviously he's, oh. a, he's a politician. He knows how to talk. And that, you know, he's, he's given... She says he's given me a good pitch, which it was. It was, it was a great pitch. You know, let's, let's team up and make a four. But she says she doesn't trust anyone except for Nick. So Nicole's the only one that she trusts. And although David's obviously come with her, gone to her with a good plan, yeah, she's still obviously cautious, as you would be. I mean, anything, David's a player, you know, and I, I mean, I say that in a nice way. Like he's a, he's a game player. And of course, and that's the hardest thing. Do you trust him? Do you not? And I think that's ended up being his downfall in the end that they think he's actually lying to him in the, in the end. But um but, you know, he, he, he's a thinker. David's a thinker and he comes with them with a good idea. And and obviously uh, Imogen's a bit a bit shady on it, but she is considering it. Which, again, comes to the point we've talked about before about how, like, a politician is one of these professions that you just – I'm surprised we don't see more in Survivor yeah. because, like, again, I, I always refer back, back to Brian Heideck and the used car salesman. Like, this is their job. <laughs> like, this is what they do. And no wonder they're so good at it. And, like, how many times does David get called out this season as being a politician? Even Amber talked to us in the interview about, like, you know, him being a politician. Like, But, like, you kind of – you get to know this guy and, like, he's just – clearly as we see very shortly in the immunity challenge like is it a cooking thing like he's doing so well with cooking but like david is a very smart cookie like i'm sure he knew that he was going to be targeted because of his reputation we've talked about that before there's no way somebody cannot automatically make an assumption of this guy based on his history of who he is and who he used to be associated with outside of the game you just can't avoid that but no one's hating David. Everyone's loving David. They're about to give him immunity. Like, I mean, it's just, it's incredible that somebody like this could be so well-liked, so smart, gets along with everyone, quite physical. Like, I mean, 
gosh, like this guy is is such a complete package. <laughs> and like I'm talking about a, a guy that if you right now went to average Joe on the street, probably would hate this guy's guts based on his <laughs> reputation. But um, oh, like as a survivor player, again, this, this to me, once again, sounded like a broken down record, but this is the travesty of having an all-star season of Australian Survivor and not having someone like David fucking Oldfield on Australian Survivor. Like it's just... Oh. It's ridiculous. Like, he should be on an All-Stars. He's a shoe-in on a normal world when we agree to all seasons existing in this universe. I'm telling you, Ben, he could walk on right now and play Survivor. Oh, and be, he'd 100%. be still, He'd be just as good as he was, if not better. He's probably even wiser than he was back then. Well, he was then. on Hell's Kitchen. He was on uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like he hasn't now gone on to do this. Now they things. just keep getting Chappelle Corby on these shows. Oh, How about God. get rid of Chappelle Corby, get David Oldfield on Trusty Better Ratings. Yeah, but... Jesus. So it's day 13. This is where the three boys, when I say Elton, David, and Guy, they're getting together, they're chatting. They know it's going to be one of them, right? Obviously, David's keeping quiet that he's sort of had a chat to Imogen about this four, but but Guy's probably pretty worried by this stage. They're having a bit of a chat. David says his line here, and I actually had to replay it a few times to listen to it. He says, when they're talking about, oh, it could be, you know, it could be one of us, could be me, could be me. And then David says, hopefully they see some value in Captain Cook. <laughs> is that i'd love to know i don't know where did they did they call him captain cook when he was out there or Maybe. i don't know i've never heard it before but he's referring to himself as captain cook i don't know whether someone said that because he was was he because he was a part of one nation or something i don't know but um i just thought that was a random thing that they put into the show where yeah he says oh hopefully they see some value in captain cook but yeah it took me like i said i had to rewind it about three times like did he did you say so, Cook? so when we get him on the show, do we introduce him as Captain Cook? Captain Cook? Cook? Why not? Know, Captain James, James Cook? Why not? James Cook, whatever it is. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I like that sort of line. It's it's actually, um, yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting. But, yeah, I like kind of this little moment here where the three of them are having a bit of a chat. Like, again, like this is my point before, like where's Justin? But clearly sort of Justin's kind of one of the – like Justin's kind of – Invisible, really, this episode, but I guess kind of he's he's relishing the fact that you know the girls are back. Like clearly, he's much more comfortable around the girls. I'll be honest with you, if this was me on Survivor, I would be Justin, like because I I'm much more comfortable around girl. Like I'm not the guy's guy. Like I'm not going to be hanging around with the 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 rugby player and the Iron Man. You know, maybe David because he's you know, but like I'm not going to be the bros bros. So like I'm probably going to be off with the girls myself. So, but, but then okay, is that why David's so good? Because he can hang with the bros and he can hang with yeah. the women. No, I agree with you, and that's I mean, what Justin- makes him so good. Credit to Justin in a way too, because Justin can do the same, but well, he's, absolutely. he's probably, he kind of discards the boys when he doesn't have to be with them, but yeah. he can go to them if they need him. But isn't it interesting how um, you never hear the guys talk about getting Justin on side. They're always talking about Gab being the swing. Yeah. Like it's yeah. so interesting that obviously Elton and David have been hanging out with Justin for this amount of time. But I mean, again, maybe they just are that flat out knowing that oh, no, Justin, Justin straight away, he's not going to be with us. <laughs> they probably know he's bribing people. The yeah. Other, the <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, when did this start? <laughs> yeah. Now, to, yeah. Just leading in before the immunity challenge, this is where the girls are chatting about who they want out. Nick, Nick. I said I, I talked about it before. Nick wants um, David gone if Guy wins immunity, and Imogen's like, no, no, we want Elton gone if you know due to his strength that if Guy wins. So obviously, Imogen's what she wants to get rid of the big boys, the, the strength. But yeah. Immunity, immunity challenge, Ben. It's called snakes and ladders. I love when they give the. The name Give it an actual name. Now, yeah, yeah. Just before we get into that, I just wanted to quickly say, yeah, I've written that down about, yeah, that's Nicole and Gab wanted David gone. And who is it says, don't you think it'll be more pleasant without David? Is that Gab's who says that? Uh, um, 
Well, no, I think that's. I think Gab actually says I think it would be more pleasant with David. I thought it was without David. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, anyway. I, I think that was another thing. I think I rewound just because I wasn't sure what she said, and I'm pretty sure she said I think it'd be more pleasant with David. But, but props, I could be wrong. Props, you know. props, I'm props a first food man. Who knows? <laughs> um, I mean, props to Imogen. I think like it's it's smart on her level because you know, like again, she's kind of sort of made this loose alliance with David. So like it's it, like this is smart on Imogen's perhaps behalf too. Like. You know, you kind of think Imogen's a bit ditzy and whatever, but like again, she's thinking about the game. We've talked about these sort of little subtle things that they do with Imogen that you see with Imogen that makes her a really strong player. Um, and it's just, it's just fascinating to me because like she's just there, like she could easily just straight away go like, yeah, let's go along with David. Like you know, who cares? But like she's kind of like, like oh no, what about Elton? Like you know, just kind of it takes one little line to say that to then kind of work for Imogen's benefit. And it does work for Imogen's benefit. Let's be honest. It will work for Imogen's benefit to have David around. So, um, yeah, just a smart little move there. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. Muni Challenge, um, I like when they have names for it. Um, we didn't get another tree mouse, so sadly you can't do your job here. But a um, couple of things before we get into this, because I've got a bit to say about this challenge. One thing I just want to really backtrack to the name of the tribe. Do we get why they're called Tanner? Do we ever understand why they're called Tanner? Well, t- Tanner's just another... That Tanner's the island where the volcano is. Right, okay, cool. There you know how to, they're, all, they're all islands, so Moso's an island... Um, I um, is an island, and then Tanner's the main one, which is the volcano. I was I was hoping they were James Bond fans, and uh, <laughs> just a, a nod over to our Double Seven listeners. Download now, great show. Uh, I, I wanted them to go back to the world is not enough with a uh, Bond's line of Tanner. Uh, <laughs> oh, James Bond fans will get it; they're laughing all the way. Now, but um, this challenge, the, well, this challenge you are you you are required to play hard, play cunning, but play to win. <laughs> Actually, hang on. Before the challenge, first of all. We got rid of the immunity stick and we've now got a decent looking immunity necklace, which is a bit of a circle sort of thing, but it's better than the immunity <laughs> stick. So let's say none of that. Um, or the, the rake or the, the whatever we <laughs> called it. Now, look, okay. Um, this type of challenge I have no problem with. I like a good challenge where you've got to be strategic and you kind of see who's got the you know, the the run of the tribe or like, you know, when you got the chopping challenges and things like that. There's nothing wrong with this type of challenge. But I, I would love to get David Mason back on the show to be like, how on earth did you come up with the concept of this challenge to literally just make it in terms of giving a ladder? Why are there not questions and answers on this challenge? Like it's it's, mm. you are literally just going, take it in turns to give people, like there's no strategy to this. You literally each get a turn and you literally just each put a rung in your ladder without putting one on your own. And I just, like, this works with questions and answers. Or mm. have one of those, one, like, if it's not like yeah. a, you know, tell the story of Whaler's Way or, or Vanuatu, have them do the, like, one of the great ones they don't do anymore, which I love, is those ones of, like, who is the bossiest, who is the laziest, who is, like, those sort of ones. Like, I, I don't know if that's just me, but this no. really annoys me that this they just straight away go, everyone put rungs on ladders, no, no question. And, uh, you're right. And the, the important reason to do it the way you're saying is because it gives someone like Guy, it's, it still gives him a chance to yeah. win. Absolutely. This doesn't give him a. This doesn't give him a chance. He's to got win. He's... no chance. Like it's like it's like last season with um, Craig, he was yeah. never going to win an, a gross food eating challenge. So yeah. it's like yeah, you're but right. that, yeah, but that no, that's not the same, Ben, because it, that was well, still okay. He could he could still win that. That was his he fault. Could, that he didn't like. But seafood. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, truth fact. Like, thank you for correcting me on that. But yeah. like, like, oh, you're don't right. like, yeah. But this this is where it goes back to my point of swap these around. 
because yeah. then it's like a reward. Like, like, like you're right. Like guy has no chance and you can kind of tell with guy's body language and the way he's kind of being in this challenge. Like, and what I find really interesting though, is that you still kind of got like, we've not mentioned the dreaded M word this season. I don't think mateship, but you've kind of got a bit of mateship going on here where people like, even some of the girls give guy a rung or two. Like, it's kind of like, Proper strategy, you're not going to give Guy anything, like, if you're these girls. But they still kind of spread it around. But um have to say, like, David's going to win this. We'll get to that in a second. I opened the, the show with this. One of my favourite lines of this whole episode is, Elton is Johnny No Mates. So um, I feel that we need to uh, get Elton on the show, call him, uh, welcome to the show, Johnny No Mates. Um, but I do love Dicko, his little reactions to David winning. Like, David's a flavor of the month. What's going on here? Is it the cooking? Um, and then what does he say to, like, um, David? Like, he's waiting with a purpose. You can almost hear him thinking. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then i got to say, I do love, like, you, like, you're right. You can't ignore the fact that David is given immunity. Okay, fair enough. But, like, I love his reaction. Like, little David there pumping his arms like, Yay! And then when he gets up on top of the thing and he holds up the the bit on top of the thing, like, got to love a good David reaction. Everyone's happy for him too. Like, even guys shouting at him and clapping for him. And uh, what is, even when he... What, what was the dicker say? I'm reading other quotes here. What sort of magic has this politician worked? Like a gazelle? Um, and what does he say, like... Ongoa, Ongoa, or something like that, when he's like winning it or something like that. Just, I mean, this is probably my least favorite challenge, just in the execution of it. Like, again, yeah, the challenge is fine if you do it slightly differently and swap it around. It's yeah, not I like, I, measure I like ward. It. Yeah, I like it's not- it, but it, it should have been for reward. And you still got to give people a chance, especially if you're going to, maybe not for a reward challenge. Yeah. If you're doing it for immunity, you've still got to give people a chance to win. So like you yeah. said, an- answer some questions where they might've got them wrong. Guy gets a few right in a row and yeah. he's able to, to, to put it on his own or something like that, his yeah. own run. But I don't know, but yeah, the, not for an immunity challenge. I don't like it when basically someone's not, doesn't have any control in whether they stay in this game by winning immunity. So yeah, that was a bit of a, a, a downer, I guess, but I, I still did like the challenge, but Imogen actually does a confessional straight after it, saying that David won it because he's no th- he he was no danger of going home. So that's why they let him win because he was never going to go home anyway. So it says it right there. That's why Guy didn't win it because they just basically gave it to someone that was going to be safe anyway. Which, which is interesting, isn't it? Because like I mean, again, it goes back to like Imogen like sort of swaying the girls away from voting him. So clearly they've come up with that distinction and then kind of like Imogen's almost saying like, well, well you know, like she, it's, it's almost a way of, I, I look at that as like Imogen's like got some power. She's like, well, I know mm. David's not going home. Like, so clearly, but like in the same way, like, is that just a mateship thing? Like, let's just give it to someone who we know is not going to well, go home. Like, I mean. No, well, I think, I think it started because he got off to a good start because I think Elton and Guy both gave him some straight up. So it probably just worked out. Like they probably weren't planning to give it to David, but because he got, he got the, a couple early on in the end, they were sort of spreading him around. They girls probably thought a bugger it. We'll just give it to David, you know, like make it look like we're all working with him. So, you know, where I think if the initial ones went to say Nicole or someone like that, she probably would have won it. But we're going to get used to this site though, of David with a necklace around his, his neck. So, uh, you know, let's get that. Just as we come back to the beach here, just one thing I'm quickly looking here, actually. So guys carrying like the flag, like, you know, we sort of never really do the emphasis on, you know, the tribes carrying the flag still to challenges, but um, is da- David's carrying like a 
a cross. It's like a cruise. This isn't the immunity stick. This is just something else. He's just got like a, I don't know. Is he going to crucify someone? I don't know what this. It's probably a cooking. It's probably a cooking utensil, Ben. But it's a bloody big cooking utensil, whatever the hell it is. But um, yeah. So there's not there's not much here before tribal. No, where not Elton's, much at all. Oh, the girls are debating whether it's going to be Elton or Guy and. And Elton thinks that it could be him and that he could be having a few quiet beers that night, meaning that he thinks he's going to be Matt, voted out. He's going to have a couple of quiet ales. Matt, got to got to just correct you there, mate. Mate, 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 because guys back to the mates. Guys back to dropping about 50 mates here in a confessional. I don't know if you, you noticed that one, but um, there was a lot of mates going on there. But, yeah, I think, like, uh, you know, you kind of Elton and guy basically know they're kind of on the chopping block you got like a shot of like even guy sort of head in his legs kind of you know like again going back to that point of like guy like he clearly wants to be there and everything um and can i just say can i just say i reckon elton he'd be the type of guy i wouldn't mind having a couple of couple of brews with him just having a bit of a chat and yeah I reckon, elton, he'd be a pretty chill dude i don't yeah, think you absolutely. would absolutely uh, a couple you know, of heineken's with him yeah you think he'd be a heine drinker you know? oh, be a bit of a 4x yeah. man wouldn't he yeah, probably. Probably. You know, but who doesn't like a bit of Heineken? Well, what's your ale of choice, Matt? Are oh, mate, I'm a Queenslander I'm, with the 4X or? No, no, I'm a bit of everything, mate. I'm a bit of, every, bit of I, everything. I I'm oh. not a craft beer guy, though. Sorry, oh. I don't do the craft beer. Not that fancy. I like a dry beer. So, yeah, but uh, a bit of a dry Dave, beer. But Dave I also. craft beer, man. I think. Yeah, Dave but I do like a Heineken, too. It's just got that bit of, bit different taste to it. And, yeah, you got got it near the ice cold, though, Ben. Near the ice have, cold. Have you uh, have you ever had a, a Cascade or a Bogues before, Matt? Oh, of course. Yeah, love a, love a Bogues, love a Cascade. Hey, hang on. Hang on. Don't say the words, I love a Bogues. You will get disconnected from this. That is a oh, that's very right. you don't... offensive term to a Southern Tasmanian. <laughs> That's like me saying to you, go the blues in rugby context. Like, you, you're just going to hang up on me. You're going to get offended. Because <laughs> where's, how can it, where's, where's Bogues from? Tasmania, northern Tasmania. So, so, oh, so yeah. north, and, and you're southern. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got a very parochial sort of level of hatred in this state. Uh, of, okay. uh, the south hates the north, the north hates the south. And a lot so of that Cascades, also comes down. Cascades sorry. south. Cascades yeah, okay, south. Yeah. Bogues is north, and it's it's a very like personal question you ask someone. And the thing is, Bogues is a lot more a national beer. Like you can buy Bogues yeah. a lot around the country. It's Cascades not necessarily that widely spread. So a lot of mainlanders know Bogues. Like I've been to Grand Prix, and Bogues is like the main beer, and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, but uh, no, Cascade is very much the correct answer to that. Um, and it's got the Tasmanian tiger on it, so how could you not? Oldest bre- oldest working brewery in Australia is uh, the Casca. You can do a tour of it, just at nice. the foothills of Mount Wellington. So, uh, nice. yes, there you go for tourist tips for Hobart. Well, if they here. ever if they ever do a Survivor in Tasmania, that that can be a reward challenge that you get to go to the- drink a shit ton of piss. <laughs> That's uh, both. Get it. Piss is both. Yeah. But uh, 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 I do like this sequence here, though. Uh, the little editing, like a. Uh, a lot of people will pinpoint the edits in US Survivor when they'll like talk to a person and that and they'll cut to an animal. Like they'll cut to like something getting eaten or a snake or something like that. You get a, a cut here of David talking to Guy around the fire and Guy's sort of, you know, fighting for his life. And then David says something and then they cut to a snake. Mm-hmm. Shot of a snake. Like again, like just little nice little nods there, which I like I, I've got to think are deliberate. Um, you know, I can't imagine that's not a deliberate little editing what? trick. What animal would they have sh- cut to me? Should they cut to me when I'm ranting and raving at tribal? 
Um, what's Here we like go. A, this is good. this is going to be a good one. Ooh, that's a good question. I'm just trying to think of like an animal that's like you know like out there, sort of aggressive and kind of that. But then like it's kind of a bit pissy once it gets to the end of it. Um, I don't know, like a chihuahua. There you go. But then you can just kick it away. I own a chihuahua, Ben. So oh, that's fair right. <laughs> you own a chihuahua. There you go. That says oh, a lot. Um, it was my wife's. It was my wife's dog. But, okay, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, that, I'll take that back. Uh, Hanan owns a, a, a chihuahua, yeah. but um, no, I, me, I'd, I'd be a sloth. Maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> just laying around. Doing nothing, oh, not on Survivor. So what would I know? Um, also, the the shot of the snake too is around like it's on the the spices table. So I think it's like all around David's glasses and everything too. So it's a really cool little shot. Um, Justin talking to the girls. What does he he sort of says here about like oh I've been to so many tribals and is it Gabs who's like oh I've never been to any or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested actually. How many? So so Justin has been to how many? How many immunity? Uh, so he would have been to one, two, three. So he would have been, out of the five, he would have been to three of the five. So, I mean, okay, that's more than half, but, I mean, that's not as many as I guess he's implying. Mm. Uh, no, that's not right. No, it is right. It is right. Okay. So, oh, well, maybe he's been to the most, but I guess um, David and Elton would have been to the same amount and Guy would have been to the same amount. So, yeah. Anyway, well, we're going through this. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. There's not a whole lot going on here, basically. Um, Nicole says she's going to vote for Guy. D- Dick Dicko calls David the master tactician. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just going to go through quickly. Oh, I, I, one thing before we get to tribal, I like the, is it David who is basically talking to Elton and saying, like, oh, the, as long as the final whistle hasn't sounded, you could still score a try. Like, <laughs> I do kind of like the, the analogies there. But, yeah, oh, tribal... Um. Yeah, the master tactician. You're right. David sort of talks about how uh, you know he's going to let the game play itself out. I, I did, so. Just talking about that, actually, I do like that. Like David's. I actually didn't mind him saying that. Like just listening to him talk about how he's weighing up the game at this point, and he's saying like sometimes you know there's, there's you can't really you know you might it might be out of your power. You know you might be down on numbers, and he's like sometimes you've just got to let the game play play out and. And you know, yeah. maybe, and, and and when I heard that, I'm thinking, you know, like that. I probably wish I heard I had that advice. You know, when when I was in that situation that I was, where, you know, it's a risky move. It, it is risky that if you just let the game play out and don't actually try to take control of it, or at least try to take control of your own fate. But yeah, sometimes it is the best outcome if you just let the game play out. And and I think that's what makes David so good. That sometimes that is a move in itself. Is just just you know what? Don't overplay your hand. Just let it play out. If if the game's playing to what you think it might be, it will be in your favour, um, you know. So, yeah, I, I thought that was quite interesting hearing, hearing him talk about that. Which I think sums him up well because, I mean, you know, we've talked about how he's got all these strengths in that. But, again, no one's really calling him out as a threat. Even when the girls earlier on were like, what about David? Kind of, it was almost shut down pretty quickly. Like, no one's really seeing this guy as a massive threat. Even, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, this immunity win is not going to give him any sort of threat, is it? Because, again, he was giving it to him. So, like, they can't sort of say he's on an immunity run or something like that. I mean, Guy's the one here saying, like, having strength right now is probably working a bit against me, which, I mean, clearly it's going to. Uh, But I think all the answers here are pretty good, like very political answers from everyone, like Nicole's talking about it being, you know, a bit more focused. Gab's sort of talking about how she wasn't really playing the game at the beginning and, and now she is. So kind of almost some very standard survivor 
tribal council answers going on here, which again, my whole point about this season being a bridging season between old and new school, like, you know, season one didn't really have answers like this, you know, kind of, we never really got a lot of answers like this. Whereas this, you know, we're getting a lot more of that, but um, Dico sort of, I've got something important to tell you. Um, you know, that from now on, there's going to be, uh, you're going to be the jury. So we're going to have five jurors uh, going on there. So I like kind of obviously Dicko's line when he's sort of saying, you know, stab someone in the back. It will be difficult to hide, uh, which, you know, is a very good point because, uh, you know, ultimately we're going to know this season is going to come down to one vote. Um, and I will say this season is going to be a very interesting one to sort of hear from the jury members about, you know, swaying either way. Because um, one thing that I we haven't really talked about, but like it will be very interesting to kind of hear just why Guy wins. Like, spoiler mm. alert. <laughs> like, yeah. like how Justin loses by one vote. Like, we've only ever had this in Survivor one other time outside of this season. that the, the winner is decided by one vote. This is a, a rarity. So, you know, mm. whereas we, we often would ask the question in season one about, you know, who would you vote for if it was Katie and Rob and this sort of stuff. I think this one's going to be an interesting one to be like, well, who was the one vote that was on the fence that gave the vote to Guy? So, um, you know, we'll, we'll sort of try and remember that as we go along with these jurors. But... Uh, uh, we the only vote we see is Guy voting for Nicole. He says that uh, she's becoming too powerful. Uh, we see Gabby pausing a little bit before she writes down her vote. But ultimately, we then get the votes read out. So we have Nick, Guy, Guy, Nick, Guy, Guy, and we don't see the last vote. But uh, bye bye, bye bye, Guy. Uh, so Elton and Guy vote for Nicole. Everyone else votes for Guy, including David. Including David, yeah. Including David, which I've got to say, smart. I'm just yeah, saying that. I, if you know someone's going home, even if you're loyal to a person, vote for him. Like, yeah, no, I thought it was a great move. Obviously, he knew that that guy was going. So he, um, yeah, I mean, he wrote down his name in the end. They didn't even read that vote anyway, so it didn't matter. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was actually good that they showed that at the end. Obviously, they always do, but... Yeah, it was, I, was, I was looking, I was like, who did, who, who did David vote for? And, of course, he, he voted for Guy. And then in, in what in Guy's final words, he actually says, you know, um, that that he mentions about David and Elton that they had his they had his basically had his back, which, of course, mm. David didn't because David wrote his name down, but uh, he wouldn't have known that at the time. Which is, uh, so Nicole's first vote's against her, uh, which will come into play. We should probably point that out a little bit later on. Remember that, that Nicole got some votes against her because these are the only... Oh, no, she gets another vote. Oh, she gets a couple more votes. Anyway, just just remember the fact that Nicole's getting votes against her because that will become important later on uh, in this season. But uh, so Guy goes. Um, and one thing, actually, have we... I think we've mentioned it, but I, I do... One thing I do love um, that you have at the end, like with the credits before they sort of do the next time on Survivor, is you always get, you know, the the, the executive producer, David May, you get Charlie, created by Charlie Parsons. This is the only season I've ever seen that they literally go, host, Dicko. Like, you don't get host, Jonathan LaPaglia, host, you know, Lincoln House, host, Jeff Probst. Like, I think we've mentioned that before, but I just, I just love that. I just love the fact that Dicko, I don't know, has he signed a contract? Like, I must have my name on the credits. Like, well, just the man, way it's like, we oh, discussed, Dicko. We've discussed this. He was the biggest celebrity on this season. So I know, but I just, I just, we've been away for a while, man. I haven't watched this in a while. Like, we're catching up. Like, I just love it. I just love random host Dicko. Like, imagine if some person from the States or outside of Australia has no idea who Dicko is, watches the first episode and just sees host Dicko. Like, that's the most Australian <laughs> credit you could probably ever get you know it's not ian dixon uh it's dicko 
there it is. Um, before we get to guys' final words, uh, next week, uh, the special time of Thursday, 7.30. Remember that when you're watching on Channel 7. Um, Elton's in danger, but is Princess Gab letting him down? David's going to work his magic. So, um, yeah, a bit of a storyline around Princess Gab. We're going to hear that for a while. But uh, is Elton in danger? We'll have to work that out. But uh, uh, you, you want to talk a bit about um, that and the tribal, and then we can talk a bit about Guy's last words. And, I mean, we don't we eulogise him, but we don't. It's got to yeah, be a well, weird so, thing so, here, what we do. Yeah, so, so Guy, <laughs> he, he wins 5000 for the charity Ride Aid. So Which I'm guessing he still, like, does he get the 5000 going to them as well as the, like, does he get Well, both? you have to, sure, well, good question. Did he? Because, yeah, seeing he'd already got voted out, and then does he get another? Yeah, I want to hope question. so. I don't think David Mason and Channel 7 were that stingy. Like, nah, mate, you can only get, keep one of them. Yeah, but they, <laughs> they wouldn't have, remember, they wouldn't have been expecting the winner to have been voted out. So That is true. Maybe surely they stumped up an extra five thousand because yeah, who knows? What we'll, we'll ask guy that. We but, will. But um, you know, final words. He just says that he had some of the greatest moments and some of the lowest moments, and that that was where he also mentions that he wishes Elton and David all the best that they've been true to him. But um, obviously, David in the end hadn't. But who knows? Like maybe we'll we'll find out from David. Maybe David had already told him that he was going to vote for him. Probably not. But it was in the end, it was a bit of a throwaway vote just to to let. I guess the girls know that he, he's prepared to work with them, but uh, mate, not more much more to say. Obviously, he's back in a few episodes time and goes on to, goes on to win. Yeah, one thing I just quickly add um, as well, just in the editing, I sort of praise the editing with the snake and all that sort of stuff before. A bit of a weak editing, though, I will say on the preview for next week because you can kind of tell who's got immunity if you if you've got an eagle eye out, sort of watching mm. them walk into tribal. You can see who's wearing the necklace. So um, they do that sometimes in the US Survivor. I think they've done it a few times in the Channel Ten one. Like it, I guess it's an easy mistake to overlook, but at the same time, it's sort of yeah, you, you should be a little bit better than that sometimes. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one because like obviously we usually take this time to eulogize and talk about them as a player, but um, we're going to be talking more about Guy. I, I like He's going to, what, three episodes he's out, basically, till he comes back in. Um, so it's very interesting this season, obviously, that we're kind of uh, talking about this guy um, who's, you know, out of it for three episodes, but he's going to win it. So, um, yeah, because I, I, I always kind of go on the feeling that Justin follows straight afterwards, but spoiler alert, he doesn't. So, um, yeah, but, uh, it's a, it's a weird recap this week, I guess, where we're kind of can't really eulogize that. And there's also, that means that, uh, next week we're not going to have an interview with a contestant because we're not <laughs> going to interview Guy twice. So Guy was like getting voted out. I need to get him back on again. We're going to save that till right at the very end. But, but, but we still do have an interview next week, Matt. Now, um, touched at the top of the show that sort of, you know, to ruin the illusion of how these are released, that obviously, you know, we do sort of bank some episodes and, and pre-record things. So obviously our, our break that we took for the, the months we did, we had three in the bag basically that were ready to go, uh, two that you've already heard, and then the one next week, which I believe was one of the very first episodes we mm. recorded this entire season, might have been the one we did after David Mason. So mm. um, i been a long time since I remember this interview, but uh, we're going to be speaking just like we did in the first season. Uh, of the composer of the score of this season. Now, um, Matt, 
you were the smart cookie last season that discovered maybe if I watch the credits, I can find <laughs> out who wrote the thing. So uh, that happened. We got Jack Robin on. Great interview. I did it this time around, and I found out that the uh, the score, the person who created the score was a, a guy by the name of Mr. Jay Stewart. We uh, tracked him down, and he was happy enough to talk to us, and we will be speaking to the composer, sort of our mid-season break episode, uh, sort of bridging it between these uh, lack of interviews that we can do. And it's a, from what I do remember of it, I will listen to it between now and next week. Um, it's a great interview. Geez, I was kid free back then. That's how long ago we did this interview, Ben. I didn't, I've now got two kids. A, um, but um, yeah, it was a while ago we did it. Like you said, it was one of the first ones we did. But uh, look, I love these interviews. It, it just, you find out a bit more about, how, you know, the show, obviously, about how the theme came along. And, and I, I've said all the way, you know, all the way through this season. I, I love the theme of this of this season, and um, yeah, the opening the opening music. I love the tribal music as well. Um, it's really good. So yeah, to talk to Jay Stewart about it, how I think you'll hear some funny stories about how some of these came about, and um, yeah, definitely definitely worth a listen for any fan of these sort of theme music. Uh, yeah, in, in these survivors and stuff, it's definitely one that you don't want to miss out on. Yeah, the very fascinating thing is is the process on how mm. he actually comes up with it, which is <laughs> yeah. completely not what I was expecting. So, um, yeah, very, very fun chat. And, well, and that's what I loved about Jack Robin when we did the season one. You know, we, we learned that his wife actually did a, you know, that, that used her voice on the opening theme like his wife, so who was also a, an editor on the show. So you, you find out all these things that you know you probably you know well, you would never know it unless you interview them so yeah no it's i'm actually gonna i'll go back and re-listen to it as well because it's been a long time a couple of things just before, before we close out that i just got to do some housekeeping things i should have i should have uh, mentioned these because i uh have i've sort of again i've been so away from this uh matt that i've forgotten some of the things that we we generally do on each of these episodes to actually go over things now usually i like to go over the the youtube comments as well as the sort of the uh the the old survivor sucks forum and uh sadly in between the last time we did it's been that long since we've done the the official survivor channel has actually taken down all the episodes so i can't look at the youtube comments which obviously makes it a little bit tricky now for people maybe listening and wanting to watch along we we did have at least one message sort of asking how to watch it and sadly they've been taken down so uh not sure as to why that is the case but uh maybe hopefully they'll put it up again uh so on the celebrity uh sorry the survivor sucks forum back from 2006 the the thoughts on this episode were not positive pretty much sort of talking about this was not a great episode um and people are sort of saying that the reward challenge was a shoe in for a guy for a guy the immunity challenge wasn't fair uh people talking up uh david um uh wig says david was quite funny when he was eyeing off the other tribes they're about to land and the interrupt breakfast saying well we have one machete so we can take out the two guys eat nick keep the other two well they'd not get much meat on the bones of the girls may as well eat the guys <laughs> so there you go but um, they had a point yeah. though like it, that's what hurts this episode is the fact that the challenges were just like i said guy was always going to win the, the reward challenge and, and obviously he was never going to win the immunity challenge. I think that it does. It does hurt the episode. Yeah. So interesting there. Not a whole lot. But yeah, generally people didn't really seem to like that episode. I mean, I, look, I'll be honest. It's not the best episode of the season, but I mean, it's still a, it's a solid episode. I didn't think there was mm. anything bad. Uh, confessionals, I didn't really go over this one. But okay, here's a trivia question of the week for you, Mr. Matthew Dyson. Who had the most confessionals of this episode, which is the equal highest of this entire season. I'm going to say Nicole. No. 
Nicole didn't even have half the amount this person had. Who? Tell me. Gab had 10, which is equal to what we had back in episode four with David and Amber. So no one else will get any more than that. Um, Guy had nine in his final episode. Nicole actually only had four. Um, Justin apparently had five. I feel Justin was very invisible this episode, but uh, maybe he had more than we gave him credit for. But um, there you go. This episode has, in total, the second highest amount of confessionals in general. Only the premiere episode. This had 43 confessionals in total, 44 in the first episode. So there you go. Um, Yeah, so I think we need to basically work out what... Our closing song is, Matt. You said you had something for me, and I'm intrigued to find out what that something for me is. Well, I'm just thinking, look, the way I look at it, obviously Guy Leach, he's, he's a Iron Man, but, you know, when you think of Iron Man, you think of sort of surf life saving. I know it's totally different, but you, you think of that guy running along the beach, getting in the water, all that. And Jimmy Jamison, he was the, the uh, artist, the singer, who sung the I'm Always Here, the Baywatch theme. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking when I think of Guy Leach. When I think of Guy Leach, I just think of the Baywatch theme. So you want the Baywatch theme? I just. Am I onto something here? No, no. I I thought you were going to go with Wipeout. You know, the. But that's surfing. And I was thinking, okay, I see where you're going. But no, I I would associate that more with Guy Leach because, like, yeah, I think of the slow mo running down the beach. Exactly. Guy Leach running down with the sad people standing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, I think we've got a couple of clips we need to put together. Not only do we have, you're the best, the best. We need to do a slow-mo of some people standing. Oh. How about this? How about you just sing the, the outro? <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> we want people to come back next week, Matt, I think. Um, but, uh, no, we, we definitely appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, we apologise for the break, but uh, we're, we're glad to be back right now and hoping that we can sort of continue this flow on uh, to continue to bring these episodes. So uh, stay tuned. Obviously, our social media was quite quiet, but, uh, you know, at least by recording this, we're planning to sort of get it up and running, uh, you know, basically on the level that we used to have it before. So we, we appreciate the patience and sort of sticking around. Um, I feel like we're going to start doing this now each week, Matt. I think it's important given the time frame of the year that we release and this kind of date this episode. Um, but, uh, of course, we've organised, mainly you have organised, the great... 20-year reunion uh, for Season 1, Australian Survivor, Whaler's Way, happening at the original site in Port Lincoln at Whaler's Way later this year. Um, You've got your flights and everything booked. I've got my flights already booked. We've got, you know, what, about four or five of the cast and crew joining us there. Like, it's all getting out there. We're going to go out there ourselves and, of course, uh, we'll provide some content. We haven't worked out what we're going to do for this show or our social media yet. We'll get to that later on. But people can... Get involved by uh, donating to it a little bit to kind of, uh, you know, help with some costs. Matt, talk it up. This is sort of, you've been the big driving force behind a lot of what's going on there. So give it a bit of a plug here. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. It's, I think it's something that, you know, we, we when we first started ASA and we we, we did season one that we, we were like, you know what, these guys deserve, you know, a 20-year reunion. And that stage was a couple of years away. But yeah, absolutely, we're, we're, we've been, I've been doing a heap of organising. We've, we've got you know, already got a, you know, a bunch of people, contestants, hosts, all that locked in. They're, they're coming. They're, they're flying down to Port Lincoln for the weekend. And, um, yeah, people are coming from all different parts of Australia to be a part of it. And 
you know, no doubt we'll we'll get some more more down there too before before November hits. But uh, yeah, basically it'll be on the weekend of the first when they first started filming. You know, um, season one back in. 2001 in November. So you're really looking forward to that. We've got to go fund me page. Look, obviously all the contestants and everyone that attending are paying their own way, but you know, for any event like this, there's, there's, there's other expenses, you know, like obviously it's going to be a reunion party. We need to get some, you know, we want to decorate the, the, the function room. There's, there's other, you know, other things that, that need money that you need money for. And, you know, nothing comes cheap these days. So um, it's already costing everyone a lot of money to get down there and, and be a part of it. So yeah, definitely, um, you know, we've set up a GoFundMe page just to help out with a few of those overheads that, um, that, you know, we, we just, we need to, to make it a good event. You know, we need that money. And um, obviously we do this show for free, Ben. So if, 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 We've got fans of this show out there that just want to, you know, help out and and donate any any bit of money they can would be would be much appreciated just to to make this you know twenty year reunion one to remember and we'll do some social media stuff while we're down there too and we're going to head out to Whalers Way and um, yeah look it's it's going to be amazing it's going to be amazing to to meet for us we you know well, obviously we've we've spoken to all these people we've we've seen them over Zoom but to to be able to go and, and meet them face to face is going to be amazing and. Uh, yeah, and just to get to know them and, and and see their reaction when they go back out to Whalers Way. Remember, they haven't been there for twenty years, so there's going to be a lot of a lot of memories come flooding back. We will uh, definitely yeah keep uh, keep up to date, and yeah, we'll be doing some content down there. We'll, we'll probably end up doing some sort of bonus episode uh, for the podcast, and of course, also probably do some nice videos and everything while we're down there as well. So uh, stay tuned to that. But uh, stay tuned to all our channels. We're on Instagram, we are on Twitter, we are on Facebook, or on YouTube. If you do want to watch any of our interviews, of course, in terms of a video interview, they are up on YouTube as well. Uh, all the ones from this season have been done for a video, so they're online there as well, as is our 10-year, uh, sorry, not 10-year, our reunion episode we did last year with season one. That was our first uh, video interview there. If you uh, sort of listen to it and want to see all the reactions of the faces and everything along those lines, head to our YouTube channel, search for Australian Survivor Archives. And uh, look, I think we've long gone past the, if we get to this many likes and that many likes, uh, I think kind of we, we, we died that a long time ago didn't we mm-hmm. matt i can't even remember we'll probably say next week you'll probably hear us say like ah oh, if we get to this many you get to this Pfft, i can't remember what that was so um well, whatever promises we made we probably can't remember them but uh we'll be back next week with jay stewart as we are pre- very close to episode 50 as well matt dyson that's uh crazy that we uh, haven't been cancelled yet but there you go my name uh is ben and uh i'm i'm the flavor of the month my name's Matt Dyson and I'm gonna go wash some dishes. I didn't see it coming. Uh, I'm feeling sorry for Wayne. And I've got to really go and have a look at the whole broader picture now and just see exactly where I sit in. You girls are different already without one of you. I don't feel that I'm being disloyal. The girls have shown me much more loyalty than the boys. I went to bed last night feeling very uncomfortable. Um, and in some ways thinking that maybe, you know, I've only got two more days here. Before I'm packing my bag and going home. I'm gonna believe it! Oh, this morning was urgent female. What's happening?
We were busily cooking this morning. In the distance, coming around the point, I saw the canoes. We'll kill the strongest first. Let's get Guy. We'll easily deal with the others. We'll keep the wood. Let's eat the women. We'll eat Nikki, and we'll keep Imogen and Gabby. What do you reckon? I know Gabby might have a lot of flavour. Mm, that's true. Could eat Gabby too. Could eat Gabby. Very, very exotic flavour. The, the politics has definitely started. Well, well, well. And then there was seven. Last night, Wayne was told to get on your boat. We're giving you all brand new tribal colours. I guess you'd call it, what, watermelon pink? Hot pink. Hot pink. Yeah. <laughs> We've also given your tribe a brand new name. You're now going to be called Tana. Tana. Come on, mermaids, do your stuff. Imogen and Gummy, you need to sit on the naughty plank. Guy Leach, is he a man or is he a machine? Show he can do it. Good effort, Mr. Oldfield. You know, guys need to win it, so I don't for one minute think that he chose me out of anything other than trying to win. Guy's not dumb. He's a very smart cookie. Out of garbage. After Guy had a few goes, I got the bow and arrow and uh, said, oh, I'll crack at this. All of a sudden, it just bang, just smashed. So I went and gave the chief a big cuddle and said, sorry, mate. Elton is Johnny No Mates. Play hard, play cunning, but play to win. The sixth person to leave Celebrity Survivor is Guy. I'll be back. This is a conch. Snoop Dogg! You know I'm hopping with the D-R-E. 